First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Oneida County District Attorney Scott McNamara is on the line right now. Scott, good morning. Good morning, Bill. So, um, listen, I, I feel like you were never in doubt that this was going to be the decision out of the appellate court on uh, on Friday that they would uphold the conviction and the sentence of Caitlin Conley. We never really thought the allegations that were being pushed forth um, were accurate, so we, we never had a concern. The, the one thing that the one thing that we were a little concerned about was the argument of ineffective assistance of counsel, only because um, the court has been spending a lot more time on those allegations and has overturned con- convictions on that where they never used to when I first started in the DA's office. But we really didn't think um, that that was accurate neither. I mean, just a strategy that doesn't work doesn't mean it's ineffective. Yeah. And the strategy that um, Frank Policelli took made a lot of sense because that's where the culture scene was found, and that's what his, I mean, that's what his client was saying. That, right, or, right. You know, the son did it. So we, that was the only thing that we, we had a little concern about, only because the court has um, been looking at those type of cases more and ruling, you know, that a, a lawyers are ineffective. But we really didn't think so, but that was the only one that gave us a little pause. The yeah, rest okay. of the things we never, we never really thought were an issue. Uh, what, what percentage, uh, on average, what percentage of cases are overturned? Uh, I don't know what the actual number is. If I had a guess, I would say less than five percent, uh, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say between one and five percent. It generally the appellate division um, overturns when there's a, some sort of serious ear error in the trial um, that um, really jumps out. And um, like, there's a case up in Syracuse that got overturned where a doctor was alleged to have killed his wife. Um, Dr. Newlander, that case got overturned because there was an issue with a juror. It's usually something um, really significant, but um, it's not something that happens very often. People often think when there's an appeal, like I'll use this case as an example, they think if they can just get before the appellate court and they're going to, this judge, whatever the judge is, they're going to say, the, the, the panel, there's no way they're going to buy the circumstances of events, but that's Almost never what's being debated. What's being debated is, was there a procedural ruling that shouldn't have been made by the by the original judge, right? You mentioned a juror. It's never, it doesn't seem to me anyway, that these appellate judges are ever debating. Do, do you really think she did it, or do you really think he did it? That's not what the... Well, is there not even actually, a debate when you think no, about it? No, actually, they, they did look at that. Oh, oh really? Case. Yeah, it, they do. That is a typical um, issue on appeal, but the the standard is, um, that what they do is they allege that the verdict was against the weight of the uh, evidence. And the standard on appellate review is much different than proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So a lot of people think, oh, when we get in front of this panel, you know, they're going to look at this and, and they're not going to, they're going to find reasonable doubt. They don't look at it that way. They look at it in the light, light most favorable to the people, the people who won the trial. The standard is they look at it and they draw all the inferences in favor of the verdict and then say, is there any way that this shouldn't have happened? Right. And, um, and that's what they did in this case. And, you know, when you take all of the proof that we had, 
you know, if you believe it to be true, and that's what they, that's kind of how they do it. They believe it to be true. And so then they say, okay, well, if this is true and this is true and this is true, then does it make sense? And, um, yeah, it, it's not the same as a I jury trial. Though. Well, and and, can, can you talk about that, too? Because it's um, I, I have the, the luxury or, I guess, lack thereof of actually being a, a, in, in one of those proceedings in front of the appellate division. And uh, it, it's... When you go in, you're thinking, and and like Jeff was saying, you're thinking we're going to go in, we're going to debate our case, we're going to. It, it is a very much a letdown. It's very formal, and almost everything is in the briefs that are submitted to the court, right? Right, and when you argue a case on appeal, the argument really has to be made on your papers because they they're not there to listen to long-winded speeches. I yeah. probably talk more right now than a normal appellate court. Right, um, hears you. You just they they don't they want you to explain something if they have a question, but they really don't um, they really don't get into too much. I, I argued a case in front of our highest court against Policelli actually one time and. Um, you know, they already have they have questions in mind that they want to ask you. They don't want um, they don't want you talking just rambling. They want you to answer their question and then move on. Yeah. And it's very short period of time. Like you said, a lot of people are let down. I think in this case there was such um, there was such you know uh, attention directed towards the appeal that a lot of people watched it online. And I know a lot of people that aren't lawyers would say to me, well, that was, what was that? That was right. kind of, and I said, that actually, that was more argument in that case than mm-hmm. in most cases. Yeah. And the judge is kind of, I mean, I thought the judge tipped, one of the judges tipped his hand when he, um, and, and they sometimes do, by the way, they ask the question. Um, he's like, I read this whole thing, you know, and he basically said, I don't think Palicelli was ineffective. He didn't say those exact words, but words to that effect. So we, and he's a very, one of the more liberal judges on the panel, someone that's you know, more in line with defendants' rights than a more conservative judge is more, you know, pro-police. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, we were we felt good about that. And there was no real issue that they were um, really hitting on. Um, so that, you know, that made us feel good. But, um, but it was to a lot of people that watched it, I think they were somewhat let down. It's not like a closing argument in a jury trial. I know you have, uh, I know this is personal for for the DA's office and, um, but there are a lot of people that don't believe that she did it. And, um, uh, you know, from, and it doesn't help too that the, you know, that storyline can be presented on programs like Dateline and everything mm-hmm. else. This is a, a pretty high pro, it is a very high profile case when you, when you think about it. But, um, mm-hmm. is there a, is there a, like, I, I try to figure this out in my, in, in my head and, you know, there there was another option. I think we've discussed this before. That maybe the intent was not to kill. Maybe the the intent was to create this this world where someone is ill, and then she can come in to uh, rescue the day. But then it got out of hand, and and she ultimately died. Would that have changed if? And I I don't know that you could use that strategy as a defense. But if that was true, is twenty five years too much? Well, no, I don't. I mean, she killed her. I mean, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like the question: what do how what do you do with the person that goes out to a bar and has too much to drink? And, yeah, right. Um, and kills somebody, an innocent person. Right. Um, you know, we're dealing with that right now. We have a case that happened in Kirkland, um, not this Christmas, but the Christmas before. And um, you know, what's what is the right punishment? I mean, mm-hmm. that guy. 
um, had done some stuff for a volunteer fire department that day, went out to Texas Roadhouse to have dinner with um, a friend and his wife, and then driving home to Morrisville, and, and now he's dead, and, and the wife was seriously injured. So what do you do with those people? Yeah, yeah. Um, what is the right punishment? Um, you know, that's the thing. And the one thing I would say about the people that don't think that she's guilty, um, there's two things I like to say about that. Number one, um, you know, there's a Netflix series about um, Richard Jewell, and I remember my wife said, hey, let's watch this. I said, no, nah, mm-hmm. he's, he's that guy that bombed the Olympics in Atlanta. If you believe headlines right, and that's right. all you read, you yep. don't know the whole thing. He was, and I'm like, watch the thing. I was, I said to my wife, I go, I'm mortified. I go, yep. he wasn't even the guy. Right. And, um, and so I, and it I, destroyed I, his I, life I in so many people, ways. Keep that in mind. You yep. can't go based upon a headline that you yep. hear about something that happened. And the other thing is I put the entire two trials of transcripts online so people can read them because, and it's a, it's a long read. I agree, but you know what? That's what the jury heard. And that's what the real evidence is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, you know, it, it has caused a lot of, um, publicity. Um, I know there's a book out. I mean, the book's just the, just the opposite of Dateline. You know, I mean, I haven't read the book, but I've heard people talk about the book and I know there's a couple other, um, uh, television shows that are um, interested in covering it. Yeah, one uh, of the books. So one think, of the books says, says she definitely did it, and here's here's yeah. how we know. I think that that's the book you're referring to. The other, yeah, the other part the of book. this is the uh, I, I call it the uh, the Phil Spector uh, the Phil Spector effect, and that is mm-hmm. that uh, that pretty people don't commit crimes. And you I, know, and Frank Palacelli said that to one of my assistants. I mean, he said, "There's no way in the world she can convict young pretty girls don't get convicted." Yeah. And I think that's why he felt um, so confident that he could deliver a victory yeah. in this yeah. case. Um, he's right. And on other things, you know, star athletes don't get mm-hmm. convicted. Right. I mean, there's yeah. certain there are certain things that in our profession, you know, when we see the fact pattern, we're like, "Oh my God, this isn't going to go well." Mm-hmm. And and the flip side's true when a when a politician's accused of something, they're presumed guilty right out of the gate. Right. You can see yeah. that with our governor right mm-hmm. now. I mean, he doesn't, you know, the, he doesn't get the benefit of he's yeah. innocent until proven guilty. It's like everyone wants him to resign, yeah. Yeah. and no one's even seen a sworn statement in that case. So, you know, it's it's those are unfortunately yeah. the way you know people think. And, uh, we, we'll call it the Phil Spector effect. Uh, that's because he just was not a pretty guy. So, uh, Scott, thank you so much. Out of time. I appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you. All right. Have All a right. good day. You too.